Intelligence. Energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. Brought to you by eFocus Marketing. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence. I'm Kate Barrett, the founder of eFocus Marketing, a specialist email marketing agency helping companies to use email more intelligently. Today for our Intelligence Masterclass, once again, we're going to dig down into a specific email marketing topic to help you increase your results. And today we're bringing you a really interesting episode all about AMP and creating interactive email. It's my absolute pleasure to be joined for this episode by April Mullen to talk about the practical implication and application of AMP into our strategies, how it can help transform the interactions we have with subscribers and really create that greater connection going forward. So April is currently the Director of Strategic Insights at SparkPost. She has over 14 years experience working in email for brands, agencies, and in MarTech. Outside of SparkPost, April has been an adjunct professor, hopefully I've said that right, April, that's a new word for me, um, of digital marketing at the University of Missouri-St. Louis since 2013. In June 2016, she co-founded Women of Email. Now, if you haven't heard of Women of Email, you need to jump over there, if you are a woman, of course, and join the organization. They're over 4,500 members strong, over six continents, and their aim is to drive positive change for women in the email marketing niche. It's a fantastic group. I'm part of it. Um, I've loved being part of it since its launch. So April, thank you very much for that. And thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you for having me, Kate. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. So before we jump in, first off, do you want to introduce us a little bit more to your role at SparkPost and how the platform helps customers? And then I'll ask you to give us a little introduction to women of email as well, of course. Would love to. At at SparkPost, I run the content team and I manage a lot of evangelism activities. So I do a lot of webinars. I participate in podcasts like this. And I'm soon to launch my own video series where I'm interviewing experts, and hopefully you'll be a guest soon. Called I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have you. And it's going to be called Subscribe to This. And at SparkPost in general, what we do is email. We help marketers by boosting their email engagement and ROI with sending and deep deliverability analytics we are probably the largest email company you've never heard of. So we send nearly 40% of the world's commercial email. The math on that is around six to seven trillion emails a year. And we do that for sophisticated senders like Pinterest, Uber, LinkedIn. And we also power the email for companies such as Oracle, Adobe, and Salesforce. So because we see so much email traffic, we, we see everything. And so we know what works and what doesn't. And ultimately, we help companies drive better email performance. And, and we did recently acquire a company called eDataSource. So we do a lot with email delivery analytics. Fantastic. That's a great introduction and a, a really great company that you work for as well. There's so much technical ability in the platform. Um, I'm definitely a big fan, but I am a big fan of women of email as well. So give us a little introduction to what you're doing over there with the membership and, and the aim. Yeah, Women of Email is an advocacy organization and we're a nonprofit. Um, in the US, we're classified as a 501c3. And 
We are here to help mentor women. And so what we found is a lot, there were not a lot of women speaking. I think Kate, like there were you and a a handful of others and myself were going to conferences and speaking and, but there weren't that many. It was, it was really dominated by, by men and, you know, brilliant men, but we were like, email doesn't have the issue that the typical uh, tech niches do in that we are about 50-50 men and women that do email as a practice. And so the organization came out of wanting to productively support women to get them out on conference stages and to make them more visible. And to date, we have mentored and placed over 100 women on conference stages all over the world. And then just day to day, as you know, Kate, being, being a member, um, we do have a f- private Facebook group where women can just ask a question and say, you know, I'm coding this email. Would anybody be willing to look at the code for it and tell me what I'm doing wrong? It's not rendering properly in Outlook, which, of course, nothing renders well in <laughs> Outlook. <laughs> the <There's> desktop version. <laughs> yep. But it's, it's been, um, it's a very active community of, of women that are really supporting each other. So uh, the funny thing is, I feel like Women of Email has helped me more than I even intended for it to. So when we started it, it was more like I wanted to, to give to the email community and help kind of send the elevator down to women that are starting their careers and wanting to get out there and get more visibility. But then I found in the end, it actually helped me so much more than I even thought I needed. I get support and community out of it. So that, that's been a, a surprising aspect of it that um, it's just been a, a real joy. The Women of Email group, I have found it so useful. It's so friendly. It's so supportive. You know, you can go onto that Facebook group, like you've said, and just ask a question and no one judges you. Everyone is really willing to give up their time and their expertise to help. I really love it as a community. And the meetups are great when we're actually allowed to meet in person. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're brilliant to do as well. So yeah, thank you to you and your co-founders for setting it up. You know, I'm a, a big advocate for what you guys do. And I think you've done a brilliant job so far and I can't wait to see what you do next. But one of the things that is definitely a a topic that I see coming up in the group is about interactive email and in particular AMP and how we can use these emerging technologies to enhance the interactions that we have with our subscribers. So in episode 10 of this podcast, we spoke to Jay Oram from Action Rocket all about interactive email design. And he gave some fantastic tips and some code to start digging into that for your business. So go to the show notes. It's e-focusmarketing.com forward slash podcast forward slash episode 10. Um, And you can find all of his notes there, his code. You can obviously listen to the episode that we, we did about that. But that was about interactive email coded directly in. So what we're talking about today is AMP, which is a, a specific type it's a third type of email that you're sending so you send your html email you send your text only version of your email and you would send an amp formatted email so it's a third type so at the moment and april correct me if i'm wrong here there is 
limited support for it in terms of email service providers. There's only a handful that are allowing you to build that third email type and put it into the platform to send simultaneously. Um, but the positive thing is that this has gone way past Google now. So this started off at the beginning to give you a, a little bit of history. It started off as a, a project that was for... Uh, a friendly framework for website development. So AMP, A-M-P, stands for Accelerated Mobile Pages. And it was first announced by Google in 2015. And the pages first appeared, I think it was February 2016. But now it's been brought into email. So it's having those almost mini websites that allow you to have interaction right there in the email. And the great thing is that Google have opened this up. So it's, it's open source now. And we're seeing other mailbox providers picking it up. So Microsoft have picked it up in beta, I think, at the time of, of this recording. Yahoo have just picked it up. I'm not sure if they've um, publicly announced that yet. Do you know if that's been publicly announced, April, for Yahoo? I don't know if it's been publicly announced, but I, I do know it. if it hasn't been released yet, it is coming soon in, in Yahoo. Excellent. Now, what that means is that in terms of being able to accept delivery of, of AMP messages, those three big mailbox providers, so um, Google, Microsoft and Yahoo, are going to be supporting it. Now, of course, we're not talking about Desktop Outlook because as you've said, April, Desktop Outlook is just an annoyance in the email world. <laughs> but you never know, someday, I mean, that you know, they recently released um, some animation, didn't they? So in some cases, of course, there's always a caveat. Um, they're only, I don't know, however many years behind everyone else, but they may get there. We can live in hope. Um, <laughs> but the, the point of this is that as we get the wider adoption in terms of the email, clients that can support it and as we see more cases of it being used then hopefully we can get more ESPs to come on board and and support that so what are spark post doing around in integrating this technology to actually enable amp yeah so we do allow for amp emails to be built in our platform um, we do support that third type and I, and I do want to say there are, I, I saw an announcement yesterday by the AMP project, and they said there are now over 30 solutions in the ESP space that are enabling that third type. So I do think all of the, the buzz about this, this new capability has really made it possible for these um, solutions to, uh, you know, justify putting this on their roadmaps and more of them are starting to release it. Excellent. That's really good news. And, and certainly by the time this podcast is published, hopefully there'll be more providers that are, are getting in on that as well. And I think the more as marketers that we push them and say, this is something that we really believe in. This is something that we want to be testing for our audiences. The more email service providers will pick this up and put it onto their roadmap for development. So, you know, if you're with a, an email service provider that doesn't have this support within it for, for AMP format, definitely get onto them, put in a support ticket. You know, the more people that do that, the higher up their roadmap it will come become in theory. So the reason that we want to do this, you know, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the practical implementation of why we're doing this, not just what we can do, because although that's brilliant, we need to understand how this is going to fit in with our strategy, because it doesn't matter 
all of these fancy things that you can do with email, if it doesn't come back to what you want to achieve with your strategy, it's pointless you spending your time and resources on it. So we've got to link all of those things together. So mm-hmm. we, we need to think about how we can use AMP to make our customer experiences easier, faster, more intuitive, um, you know, allow them to take that action and engage with your messaging in a different way. And it's going to take, you know, some training and getting used to for us as marketers, but also those consumers receiving it. But it's going to open up a lot of possibilities. So, for example, instead of receiving email notifications when someone has mentioned you in a Google Docs comment, this is one of the examples that, that Google give, that person can see and update the comment thread right there within Gmail. They don't have to go over to Google Docs. They can do it right there. So it's going to really help with those processes of engagement. And there are a lot of companies that are already picking this up. So um, Booking.com, Doodle, Freshworks, uh, Pinterest, there's a lot that are already starting to use this in their emails to make them more actionable and relevant. And ultimately, that's what we're aiming for. You know, ease of action specific to that one person, sending the right message to the right person at the right time through the right channel, of course. But email we're, we're talking about here. So April, let's build on let's build on this and talk more about how AMP fits into that strategy as a, a tactical application. So from the outset, what makes you optimistic about AMP for email and the possibilities there? I, I think it's a, a massive, massive improvement to the user experience of the channel. So I would challenge people to think of it as even bigger than email. What I think is going to happen as a result of AMP is that it's going to email, it's going to elevate email to be kind of what I'm calling a micro app experience, meaning mm, that, that the utilities of websites and apps are all going to be available within the email. And I say micro app because it's going to be a, like a focused experience, um, depending on what your goal is for that particular email. And I think this is going to get better over time as more companies adopt it. So if you think about you know, comparing this kind of email micro app of the future to traditional mobile apps, there's, a, there's an app adoption issue out there with traditional mobile apps. A lot of people have to decide that they want, that they're comfortable enough with the brand that they're going to take up space on their smartphone to download the app. And then a lot of times, I think it's within six days of someone downloading an app, um, if they haven't had a lot of activity, which happens quite a bit, then they'll delete it fairly quickly. Um, If you think about email, there are 3.8 billion email users in the world, and email comes preloaded on every smartphone. Mm -hmm. So that initial kind of app adoption issue is not there. And I think what AMP will do is the the issue of people maybe not engaging as much with email, that will lessen over time. I think people will um, come to find email somewhat irresistible to sound Pollyannish, but if there's utility value where an email can actually perform an action that's valuable in that moment for a consumer, they're going to be checking their emails more frequently. So I actually predict five years from now that you'll see things like the promotions folder being uh, and in updates having a ton of activity, opens, clicks, as a result of AMP for email being adopted. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is the point at which email has to keep evolving. It has to keep up with the way that the public are interacting with websites now. They're interacting with mm -hmm. apps. They're interacting with chat facilities. You know, we're uh, we're very built now for an instant gratification and I think yeah. this is what AMP is starting to bring into email to give us that right there in the content so I think that's going to be a really interesting evolution but what do we think it's going to do for the role of the email marketer? So a lot of email marketers that I talk to and, and I've been in email for almost 14 years now um, and, and you know I talk to practitioners every day and one of the things I think kind of makes people feel a little down about being an email, I think a lot of us love email. Um, it, you know, once the email bug catches you, you're in. Oh, yes. But the, <laughs> but the one thing that gets people down is how they're perceived within their organizations, which is they're kind of thought of as these operational button pushers when in actuality, they are marketing unicorns. They know how to code, they know how to do reporting, they know how to execute creative, they're often writing catchy and grabby subject lines and headlines. Like These are brilliant, brilliant people that are managing email programs all over the world. And so I think what AMP for Email will do is it will elevate the email marketer from being a button pusher I'm using, you can't see my air quotes, but I'm using air quotes. <laughs> and I hate that term, by the way, a uh, button pusher. But oftentimes executives think of email people that way. It's going to elevate the button pushers to being more thought of as orchestrators of experience. And I think this moment is our time to shine as an industry because this is the most exciting and strategic thing that's ever happened to our beloved channel and I know a lot of email marketers are fearing it because they're they're fairly weighed down operationally. Um, they they do a lot of email people do everything from soup to nuts. You know they're coding and everything. Some some have the fortunate um, ability to have a, a, a focused developer on staff. But everyone on the email roster within companies and agencies is overwhelmed. And so I think what is going to happen is these people, um, you know, they're resisting it right now because they're overwhelmed, but I think in the future, it's going to elevate their role. And I have to give credit to Jen Capstra, uh, one of the co-founders of Women of Email, very, very well-known email geek. But one of the things that she said that really resonated with me was that AMP for email is going to take a lot of that painful, the pain from the email production process, which is you have to QA across all these different environments. And of course, companies like Litmus and Email Nasset have made that process a little bit easier, but it's, you know, it's still painful because what works in one mm -hmm. environment may not work in another. Um, and what AMP will require is a level of standardization. Mm -hmm. And we have wanted standardization in our in our code base in email forever. I mean, the oh, web yes. has it, but we don't <laughs> have it in email. So for those that are really bogged down right now and are like, oh, I really don't want to do AMP. It's just it's a third type of email that I have to put together. I would say the more that we elevate AMP, the more that we test it, the more that we prove the value, the more the capabilities evolve um, by by Google. I think we're going to see standardization. 
And that, I think, will eventually eradicate that pain that we're feeling in the email process because that code's going to work across all environments once it's adopted widely. So I'm super hopeful. Again, to summarize what I just said about how this will change the role of email marketers, I think it's going to elevate them to be orchestrators of experience, but I think it's also going to make our jobs easier in the long run through standardization. Intelligence, energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. For more specialist advice to help you create email marketing that gets results, visit e-focusmarketing.com. Definitely, I, I couldn't agree more with those points. And I also think that it's going to, it's going to give us more, what's the word, um, enthusiasm back for for what we're doing not that email marketers don't have enthusiasm because every email marketer that i meet has it in abundance you know we all we love our channel we love what we can do with it right now things we can't do with other channels in terms of you know how personalizable it is how trackable it is you know all of those types of things but i think this is just going to take us to the next level we're going to be able to do things now with the channel that you know five ten years ago we couldn't even have dreamed of and that's what almost concerns me but also excites me as well Mm -hmm. because we need to think strategically about how we put this in so I said at the beginning that you know whenever these things happen there's always the new and exciting and oh we just want to go and try this and oh this is really cool so let's just do it but to make it work and to prove the feasibility of putting those additional resources into it to you know and hopefully that will balance out then when we don't have to do the the QAing but we've got to do that additional third build hopefully it will all balance out if we can strategically implement it to prove its worth to prove how we can engage people but the concern for me and one of the challenges I think we're going to face straight away is that consumers people receiving it whether they're b2b or b2c won't have come across this before you know they won't know about it too much I think even just on websites I know there are a lot of websites out there that use AMP but I don't think I've personally or not knowingly come across one that's used it and certainly haven't had the um the pleasure of using a live AMP email yet so even as a an email marketer and a specialist I haven't even had that experience yet so you know Joe blogs on the street how are they going to feel about that how are they going to know what to do when they get their first few emails you know it's going to take some bedding in with the consumers I think and also in terms of a trust element if we're asking somebody to complete a form right there in their emails we know that there are trust issues around data anyway how are they going to feel like about that? So I think there are some challenges we're going to need to overcome, not just in terms of the implementation from a, a marketing and a development point of view, but also a response point of view. And I would just kind of urge everybody to remember that. And if your first foray into AMP doesn't produce the results that you would like it to, I would say hang in there think strategically about it how is it going to support what you want to achieve and make that easier faster more engaging for that consumer but also do they know what to do can they trust it um you know do you think that there are any other challenges what are your thoughts on that from the non-marketer side i think yeah there definitely will be some adoption 
there will be an adoption learning curve, if you will, mm -hmm. where people may not understand that they can interact with a, a communication and email in their inbox. But I think the companies that have done a really good job, I know you can't see my screen, but I'm looking at a lending tree example. That's a a company here in the US that that is, you know, all about matching you with the proper lender. And so, you know, their big thing is wanting to know what type of loan you might be in the market for. And they have a wonderful quiz right within one of their emails where it's it's kind of surveying you, but it's done in a very visually and very clear way where they're they're asking you um, you know, what you're in the market for, what are you interested in, what's your timeline, and it's all right within the email. And it, none of it is really highly personal information. I mean, I, I guess you could argue that, that telling a company what kind of loan you're in the market for could be considered personal, but it, it's fairly benign in the way that it's presented. And so in general, it, with digital, the way I think about you know, the creep factor and, and, and that sort of thing is, does convenience trump the, uh, the awkwardness of providing that information? And like, if you think about it, companies like Amazon, they know everything about us. Companies like Google, they know everything about us because they provided so many conveniences that were like, I know what they're doing, but okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and give this information. Or you're not even explicitly maybe even giving it. It's just part, it's embedded in the experience. And so I think as, as companies are starting to adopt this, like make it clear what you're doing, that, that if, you're, if you want your users to click on certain stuff, then say that. This is an interactive quiz. It works right within the email. Like I think it's okay for us to be a little vulnerable in our language and actually tell the subscribers what it is that they're looking at and what they what we would like for them to do with it. I don't I don't think that's I feel like in marketing we've tried to be a little maybe over creative with some of our ways that we execute things. And I don't think we have to do that with AMP. Just talk about how the information will be used and how they can can do it, how they can participate and interact with it. Definitely. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that is going to be that beginning of the learning curve, as you say, that we need to do that. We need to educate our subscribers and we need to educate them as to why this is going to help them. And there was I was trying to think while you were saying it, there was a, a presentation of someone that I saw who was talking about like psychology and email and things. I'm sure she wrote a book. I'll have to have a, a look and dig it out and maybe get her on for an episode um, in future. But she was talking about... Um, and again, don't quote me on this because I'm trying to remember it, but <laughs> from when you're trying to get somebody to take an action, it's to do with uh, the price, the ease of it versus how out of their comfort zone it is for them. So the awkwardness that you were talking about. And that's exactly what we're hitting on here. You have to outweigh the usefulness and the effectiveness and the um, the want for them to do it versus the awkwardness. And I think we can definitely help that with the the training of our, of our audience. So um, April, you mentioned an example there. So um, my first question is, would you be able to provide some of those examples for us to pop in the show notes for, for people? Sure, of course. Excellent. <laughs> and the second is outside of the one that you've already mentioned, you know, do you have some other favorite use cases that you've seen, um, you know, with SparkPost having that ability, you know, have you got some clients that are already starting to use it? Have you seen some great results or can you talk us through some of the use cases? 
Yeah, I, I can't share results, but Pinterest um, is a client that has done some amazing work um, using AMP. And I know they plan to to launch more communications later this year using AMP. But if you think about the experience of Pinterest, it's all about logging in or going into the app or logging into their website and just kind of to use an antiquated term, surfing around um, and looking at things. And, and if you like something, you can pin it to your Pinterest board. Mm-hmm. And they, they've long had highly personalized emails. Seth Weisfield over there has talked publicly about this at conferences where there's, there's no two emails alike from Pinterest. They're constantly curating one-to-one communications that every email you receive is already highly personalized. So they've built upon the strategy that they already had with those one-to-one emails. And they've now made it possible using AMP to action on them from the inbox. So if you see something in your Pinterest email that is highly curated for you as an individual, you can actually save it to your Pinterest board right from the inbox without ever having to log into the app or the website. Um, So that's a really, really cool example. But some others that, you know, I've been thinking about examples that maybe don't even exist today, which are, you know, things like unsubscribe or opt down, making that easier, Um, getting subscribers to reactivate, um, booking an appointment. I think several companies are are doing that. promotional sign up in transactional messages. So if you know they're they're interacting with your brand, they receive a transactional message saying, hey, you're not signed up for our emails. Would you like to subscribe? And doing a one-click subscribe. Um, progressive profiling. I don't know if that is a term commonly used, but basically mm, it is, yeah. <laughs> um, it is. Okay. Okay. So you know ask basically what people you know click on, we're capturing that information to personalize the email. Not, not the next email, but maybe right on the spot. And uh, kind of like a choose your own adventure or user generated personalization, I think would be really cool. So we've been talking about personalization forever, but like we're not always perfect with that. And sometimes subscribers don't want us to be super personalized because of, I mean, I know there's more sensitivity to that on your side of the ocean, um, but sometimes people don't want us to have a ton of personal information on them. But what if we gave them the ability to personalize their own communication right within the inbox on the spot? How cool would that be? And I don't think anyone's doing that yet. Um, I mean, I guess the Lending Tree example you could argue is doing that. But user-generated personalization on the spot, I think, is going to be uh, something that we should keep an eye on in the future. You can't see my face right now, April, but I have a massive (laughs) grin on my face. This is all such exciting possibilities. And I think that this is the cool thing about AMP is that it's there for the taking. It's there for people to come up with these ideas. And depending on what your brand is doing, to think through that, that process. So, you know, in terms of the, the starting point, how do we prove the use case for this then? Because there's so many things we could do. How do mm-hmm. we go to our businesses and say, we want to invest some resources, some time in doing this? You know, we've got an ESP that supports us. How do we push this forward and build it into those strategic plans that we've got? Because I've, I've said it a couple of times, but for me, this is the absolute 
starting point and end point for everything that you want to do with AMP. If it doesn't fit into your strategic direction, it's the tactical implementation of it. But if it doesn't support what you want to achieve and where you want to go with your email marketing to meet your marketing objectives and your business objectives, there's no point in doing it. So how do we prove the use case for this and how do we connect it into that strategy so that we can prove the use case? Yeah, so I think what I recommend to clients is look for the places where you either have trouble getting people to move through the micro conversions of email. And if you could, you know, make the conversion higher up in the communication where that would be valuable. I would also think about that same concept, but where you have a multi-touch journey to try to move somebody through a funnel, you can accelerate that within a single communication by you know, the choose your own adventure um, example. And so I would look for areas where there's maybe user experience gaps, um, where you're having trouble moving people through the funnel and, and, and make those you know, your priorities. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone has conversion goals. Everyone has engagement goals. And so find out where you have the most issue and see if this can help reduce that friction and accelerate the movement for your users in a way that I think is very empowering for the consumers, by the way, because they're a part of the process. Um, Mm. That's what I really love about AMP. It's not just like clicking through. They're actively engaging in the process of of moving through the funnel more so than with traditional emails. I love that. Reduce the friction and accelerate what you're doing. Think about it around that customer journey. See Mm -hmm. where those friction points are and how you can grease the wheels and and help people through to really optimize your, your direction. So that's brilliant. Okay, so we've had some inspiration. We've talked about, you know, kind of the the practical implementation of it. So how can people get started? What's the first thing other than looking at their strategy and figuring out where it might fit in there? What should they do practically to get started? So first things first, find out if your ESP supports it. And if they don't, encourage them to get AMP for email on their roadmap and, and, you know, really press them to make sure that they're going to deliver that in a timely manner. The other thing is um, Gmail has created a wonderful playground to test your first AMP email. They, it's um, amp.gmail.dev playground. And you can, it's actually a really fun playground. You can go out there and kind of play with different use cases and see how the code is rendered. Um, you will also need to register to whitelist your AMP email with Gmail and any other um, mailbox clients that you're interested in. And the other thing is just, Dive in and test. Again, coming back to that use case example of where you need to accelerate people through the funnel, figure out what you want to test and maybe do a bake-off with your traditional way of of trying to convert people and measuring that against um, a test with an AMP version and see what kind of results you get. I love that. That's really great tips to to get us all going. So to kind of round off the episode, is there anything else that you think our listeners should know about AMP as it is now? Obviously, we don't have a massive amount of visibility. This is something that's very new. So we, we wanted really to inspire people today. But is there anything else that you want to leave people with as a final thought? I would say um, AMP for email is the single most exciting thing to happen to email since the creation of email. And I hope 
that those that are listening will embrace it, learn a little about it. Yeah, it's a little intimidating. It's kind of bleeding edge innovation, but I would challenge the email community to, to elevate this one. I, I think it's going to can help the channel to to be the the, the king of, of marketing channels in terms of delivering ROI. I think this is another tool in our arsenal that will completely revolutionize our channel and would love, love, love to see more companies doing this in my inbox. Definitely. We're, we're just adding more diamonds to our already perfect crown, aren't we? <laughs> totally. I love that way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. We're making it sparkle. We're, we're oh. making it um, you know, really appeal to people in a way that we haven't been able to do before and getting our messages seen and across. So, April, thank you so much for joining me. I don't know about everyone listening, but I've got a massive grin on my face. I'm so excited about the possibilities of this and, you know, we'll definitely be talking to to clients over here at eFocus Marketing about what they could do and how it could fit into their plans. So, that's it for today's intelligence masterclass. I hope you found it as useful as I certainly have. So April, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you're listening through. Follow us on YouTube for more video-based content and find eFocus Marketing on all the socials. Also, please do check out our brand new website, emaildesignguru.com, where you'll find loads of inspiration across lots of different brands, different types of email marketing, sign up forms, unsubscribe forms, preference centers, enough inspiration to help you make your email marketing pop. And if you happen to spot some AMP examples that have come into your inbox, please do submit them. Um, We'd love to see those on the website too. But submit your examples, whatever they are. If you think that they are design guru worthy, then get them on there. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again for the next episode. Intelligence. Energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. Head to our website for downloads and show notes. e-focusmarketing.com/intelligence.